and the Panthers play tonight. Preseason. Still counts, right? Yeah, absolutely it counts. Especially if they win, we're going to count. A win? Baby steps. How about about, about an offensive touchdown from the starters? I'm in. Sold. Sold. (laughs) Going once. Uh, Panthers week three of the preseason tonight. You know, actually, you know what I would settle for? What's that? Improvement. Okay. Improvement. Which would be a touchdown from the starting offense, right? That would that would be one way they can improve. Not getting Bryce Young hit often and, and early would be an improvement. Uh, you know, here's what it is, right? Staying healthy, we talked about earlier. If you missed it, that is the priority number one, and it's and it's not a uh, a small deal because injuries have already gotten him a little bit. You can go find that conversation on our YouTube page, 99.9 The Fan. Subscribe and comment while you're there. I want to see improvement because that's what I think I took it for granted from the Panthers. Mm. And and the preseason game number two was was a shock to my system. It was a shock to my expectations because I wasn't an- anticipating it. The Panthers have an all-star. And and I think I described it as an Avengers-like, an Avengers-like coaching staff. Go on. They have, uh, you know – they spent a decent amount of money. They went and got the the best of the best at a lot of different positions and even created some positions for some really, really impressive uh, assistant coaches. So with that coaching staff, I think I may have taken it for granted that we would see tangible improvement just about every time we saw the team. No matter where they started, uh, if, it was, if it was rough, if it was great, if it, anywhere in between, I think I took it for granted that, like, hey, they just continue getting better because they have these proven minds molding them through film study, through practice, through through drills and scrimmages and everything else. And then I watched preseason week one against the with the Jets, and I was like, all right, not the best, right? Not the most aesthetically pleasing preseason game I've ever seen. But, it, hey. We have this all-star level uh, level uh, coaching staff, and let's see what they do, right? Let's see what Caldwell and 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 uh, Ejiro Eviro, and 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 let's see what 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 Thomas, and let's see what Reich, and let's see what McCown, and let's see what Staley, and on and on and on. Let's see what these guys and Campin. Let's see what these guys can can do. And then preseason game two came around, and I went, "This is this is the exact same thing." I. <laughs> Do you watch the uh, the Office? Dennis, are you an Office fan? Are you an Office fan? You're locked in on something. Oh right yeah, now. sorry, I was uh, doing a little little, little quick editing, sound yeah, editing yeah, okay. over here. Yes, I absolutely love the Office. Uh, my favorite well, sitcom of all time. Wow, mm-hmm. uh, that that was. See, we're still getting to know each other. Mm-hmm. Um, I I've I've seen episodes. I've not watched them front to back like everybody else our age has. That's on you. Um, I'll, I'll wear that. That's fine. Um, but one of the memes I really appreciate is where, uh, Pam says like, you know, can you spot the two differences between these two pictures? <laughs> it's and the th- same. And then they cut to her making a confession and she's like, they're the exact same picture. Mm-hmm. That's how I felt between preseason game one and preseason game two, where I'm going like, all right, I see preseason game one. There's a lot of things to fix. A lot of things I didn't love. A lot of, a lot of flaws. And then preseason game two came around and I'm searching hard for the differences, right? I'm searching hard for something to, to improve, something to be different. And then guess what happens? Somewhere the Panthers are in the other room, just like Pam looking at the camera going, we played the exact same game. We made the same mistakes, right? Bryce Young got uh, got hit. 
Why? Because there was miscommunication up front. What happened in preseason game two? Bryce Young got hit. Why? Because there was miscommunication up front. I'm going like, I wanted improvement there. Running game, couldn't really get going. Why? Holes weren't there. Running backs weren't pressing the hole. Second game, same exact thing. They're the same picture. So now preseason game three, I want it to be different. I want I want it to be uh, improved in certain ways, and I don't even care if you find new flaws. It's like at, at least if you solve the other flaws, it can expose other things, right? I, I don't want there to be miscommunications up front. If you get beat by technique, all right, right? If, if Iki Aquanu goes with the defensive end when he should and he just gets beat, to me that's better than him having a miscommunication and not getting a hand on the defensive end like we've seen on two plays one in each game thus far. Yeah, physical errors and mental errors are two different things. And 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 again, it's just like I I want it to be I want these awesome assistant coaches with all of their experience to get through to the players. Right? I I want them to to say, "Hey, here's what you're doing. Here's how you fix it." Let's fix it this week, and then next week it won't be a problem anymore. I want that turn, that that chain of events to take place. And I, you know what? I don't think I'm being greedy here. I'll I'll admit to you when I think like I'm asking a lot, right? When when I look at Miles Sanders and I say I think you need to be healthy every game, I know I'm asking a lot because that's not what Miles Sanders does. No, right? I, I'll, I'll sit here and go. I'm asking. Yes, I'm asking more of you. I need you to play through injuries a bit better. I need you to not be on a snap count every week. I'm asking a lot. When I ask for just any improvement from preseason game two to preseason game three with a young, inexperienced roster and a very experienced, very proven coaching staff, I don't think I'm asking that much. I don't think I don't think I'm being unreasonable in my request. If the improvement is there and I'm being that now you want me to be greedy, I'll be greedy. Right? If you if now, I also want a springboard. I want something successful that's tangible, that's a big play or a highlight or something that you can latch onto and, and ride that wave into the regular season. And, and guess what? If that means your, your playbook not staying vanilla, I'm fine with that. If you want to call a play-action deep ball that maybe you were saving in the secret vault for week three, if you want to use it in preseason week three and not regular season week three, I'm good with it if that means Bryce Young's going to find Mingo for 40 yards and a touchdown so everybody can grab onto that play and ride a little excitement, a little positivity, a little optimism into the regular season. Now, that is asking a lot. That is something that is a little bit more out of your control. Get Bryce Young a touchdown pass. That might not be something that you can do just off the cuff, but but that would help with excitement. That would help with success. Darn I say that might help with team morale. What? That might that might lead to, I don't know, confidence. But that might be asking a lot, right? That's if if I if if all you had to do was ask for like long touchdown passes, everyone would be doing them. Right? If it was easy, everyone would do it. So that I'm asking a lot. A little bit of improvement at key positions with good coaches and young, moldable, impressionable, athletic players? That's not asking too much. 
Right? Going in your year review, you're saying, like, I would like a 3% raise. That's realistic. Going in saying, I want to double my salary, you know it's going to be a battle the moment you go in there. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm going in with a very reasonable, very proven, very, like, hey, this is what you do. I want you to do it. That's all I'm looking for. And stay healthy. That's number one. Well, of course. That's number one. It's not a throwaway. Again, check it out on our YouTube page. It's already up there. Boom. Check it out on our YouTube page. It's already up there. Panthers on the fan tonight at 7 o'clock. Panthers on the fan tonight at 7 o'clock. Anything else you can say I can repeat? Games at 8? Games at 8. Kickoff at 8. And at, oh, and we'll have a morning after Panthers playbook, Chris Lee and I, tomorrow morning on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. So make, make sure you subscribe. Subscribe. Full reaction. Rate, review, all that kind of stuff. Uh, only positive ratings and reviews, though. Keep the... But leave the comments, though. Like, we want comments. True. We'll interact with you. All kinds of interaction. That's on our YouTube page also. I really mix it up in the comment section. Riley Leonard. The Riley Leonard, who's the quarterback at Duke, the the Riley Leonard bandwagon, getting a little crowded lately, which I think we need to make sure it doesn't overflow. It doesn't pick up too much much steam. We, We make sure that the expectations don't reach an unfair territory. Which I I may be a little bit uh, uh I don't want to say to blame but contributed to. I went back and looked, uh so I'm I'm a bit of a, a bit of a normally extremely extremely unorganized disorganized right I'm I'm the guy who in school I had a backpack that was like twice the size of me because I just took every paper stuffed it in there and called it a day, uh. But when it comes to show prep, I actually am kind of organized. So I went back to the the first week of shows that I did here on 99.9 The Fans. We're going months back. The second show that I hosted here on The Drive, uh, one of the big questions that was kind of a headline, like let's ask this, let's try to answer this question, was why is Riley Leonard in the background of ACC quarterbacks? I I, I genuinely didn't understand why. When the ACC quarterbacks were mentioned, it went Drake May, Jordan Travis, Brennan Armstrong, maybe even Garrett Sch- Like There was a whole bunch of Cade Klubnik that, that came up before Riley Leonard in some cases. And I was going, Riley Leonard needs to be in that conversation. He, he needs to be, as far as college quarterbacks go, in every conversation. Well, Dane Brugler, who uh, works for The Athletic and is one of, you know, his mock drafts are up there with McShay and Kuiper when it comes to uh, kind of the, the the industry. He put out NFL Draft 2024 Big Board with his top 50 prospects for the upcoming season. Right, So this is next year's NFL Draft, top 50 prospects. He has Riley Leonard, Duke quarterback, number 28 on the big board. That is surprisingly high surprisingly high that's a first round pick and when when you consider quarterbacks get overdrafted if you're the 28th best player and you're a quarterback that's probably a top half of the first round yeah you're looking at like pick 13 14 15 something like that and depending on team needs maybe higher than that if there's somebody Mm -hmm. that desperately needs a quarterback and say the the you know one through three or whatever were drafted in the top five that's crazy and People got to keep in mind, this isn't just like some guy sitting in his basement just <laughs> like, oh, I'm going to just rank guys for the sake of doing it. These guys talk to scouts, GMs, front mm-hmm. office execs about, hey, what do you think of these guys? They talk to scouts, the whole deal. That's how they base their, their 
their big board is is off of what they hear from people around the league, not just the stuff that they watch and see. They also talk to a lot of people and get a feel for what these other you know people are thinking when it comes to the NFL draft. But gosh, if if he's twenty eighth right now, imagine if he has another great season. Imagine if he just has a great game against Clemson Week One. Oh gosh, I mean, it's a, like a great season, yes. But if he just against a couple of the teams that are seen to have more NFL talent on defense, if mm-hmm. he like that's all it takes. Now, this is where I go from the guy, like, all aboard on, on the hype train to, like, whoa, we might be getting close to capacity. This, this is where it's like, oh, are you sure you want to get on? I think it's a little aggressive. Not because it's impossible. I actually I see why it's possible that he could become this, mm-hmm. but there are certain things he needs to do, right? I like that he's 20 years old. I've talked about this, right? If, if you pay attention to... Um, the baseball, Major League Baseball draft, or the NBA draft, the basketball side of things, on all of the draft cards, it used to just show, like, you know, college points per game, height, weight. It used to just show, uh, you know, the 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 stats, rebounding, uh, uh, those sorts of things. Now it also adds age down to sometimes the hundredth. Like, he's 18.67 years old. 18.94 years old, 21.47 years old. You know, at the time of the draft, he'll be this age because in those sports, the analytics show that your potential is much, much greater if you're way younger, right? So if two guys are playing college basketball, they both average 20 points, they both average eight rebounds or whatever it is. One of them's 21.7, the other one's 18.9 years old. The one who's 18.9 will be much higher on draft boards because they see that those, you know, year and change or whatever it is of development as very worthwhile. I think that's eventually going to come to the NFL. Maybe not as uh, important, but I think it's going to come to the NFL. So Riley Leonard being 20, Jordan Travis being 23 for Florida State, that's three years that Riley Leonard has of potential to, to get better before he reaches the same point in life as Jordan Travis. So I like that that Riley Leonard's 20 years old. I like that he's athletic, like really athletic. And maybe not straight line speed guy, but quickness, explosiveness, all those sorts of things. I like referencing his basketball career because if you watch the highlight film, it's a bit eye-opening. We're like off the backboard windmill dunks, like that kind of athletic. He's built. This is this is one that was brought up to me by, by uh, somebody else today, and I hadn't thought of it. He's built and he plays kind of like Daniel Jones, right? Okay. Where where kind of obviously the Duke uniform is going to play into the comparisons a little bit, but he's kind of kind of taller, a little lanky, uh, more athletic than you think, right? The cliche, the joke of sneaky athletic. He's he's deceptively fast. Like those sorts of things apply. Daniel Jones is having success in the NFL. That's going to do well for the people that that play the same style of, go to the same school as, and right, kind of have some some similar traits. Can be like, all right, if it worked for him, it could work for that guy. So I see why you might be tempted to, you know, put him on some lists. But there is a huge difference between being able to do all those things at the college level and being able to do them in a way that excites general managers in the NFL. There's a big difference between a couple months ago when I was saying, why is Riley Leonard in the background and saying he's a first-round pick? He needs to live somewhere in the middle there until he proves a few things. 
right? I need to see more work from the pocket, and I need to see arm strength. I went back and watched a bunch of his his highlight films. I can make every throw you need to make in college, but there's a big difference between being able to make every throw you need to make in college and having an arm that is a, above average or or you know definitely elite in the NFL. He has certain traits more than enough to dominate college football. But he needs to prove that those traits are above and beyond even that to excite NFL evaluators and GMs. If you want to say he's he's a, a late day two draft pick right now, you want to say he's a day three draft pick right now, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. And I'm saying, okay, people are paying attention here. You want to say he's a first-round draft pick. I'm saying there's four or five things I need to see before I go that far. And I'd like to see him consistently, right? Not just like, hey, this game against Clemson or not just, hey, this game against this defense. I want to see him do it for for a while. And then we can, you know, get into, and he's only 20 or 21 years old by that point. Then we can get into all the things we talked about. The bandwagon should be nicely populated for Riley Leonard. I'm on it. I've been on it for a while. I don't want it to be standing room only quite yet. I think that's that's the kind of the difference. I don't want there. I don't want there to be people like hanging off the back like the 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 trash truck people, right? With with like one handle, one foot on, and you're just kind of dangling. It's not there yet. 